What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. We've got 15 tough calls for week 16, but really I should think of a bonus one because probably, Heath, shouldn't it be 16 tough calls for week 16? That would have made more sense. It also would have made more sense if you would have chosen players that were like on the border of starting from my rankings, which you didn't do. But we'll have fun with it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that I, I chose players that are mostly starts for you. Um, I don't know. I just looked through the list and thought, wow, that guy is in my top six and that guy is <laughs> not in my top 20. <laughs> well, uh, sorry about that. Ben Gretsch, what's going on, man? I, too, was confused by the list, but we'll get into that. There's, it's, it seems like just some random players. Like, I think – I'm going to ask you this, Ben. Like, knowing – you've looked at Week 16 schedule a little bit, and you know, like, who big names are and who tough matchups are and all those things. If you could think of one quarterback that you might put on the tough call list this week, who would it be? Uh, I mean – the first first guy that comes to mind for me is it's Jameis Winston for some reason, just because he's kind of banged up and yeah. his whole receiving core is banged yeah. up. But I he, think you're probably yeah. playing him. Perfect. He is uh, number 10 in my rankings. <laughs> yeah. uh, second person I think that comes up is Aaron Rodgers because no. he's facing Minnesota, but he's in prime time and he's Aaron Rodgers. No. It, Minnesota's secondary hasn't actually been good. That's, and then the third one, I think, is Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's facing the Bengals and he's actually been a popular streamer lately. And would you actually start him over some of these quarterbacks with big names like Jameis Winston and Aaron Rodgers? None of those three guys even made the list. <laughs> tough calls. Well, here's why. One, because I asked Dave and Jamie about Jameis Winston yesterday. We spent a lot of time talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday on the Waiver Wire show. And Aaron Rodgers like isn't even a consideration for me. Like, I'm not even where he's 15th, 16th, and 16th. He's a definitive sit, I would say. Uh, he just hasn't earned it. He's got to have a really good matchup, and he doesn't have that, which is weird. Like the Vikings give up some of the most fantasy points to wide receivers, yet only the 10th most to to quarterbacks. So that's worth investigating. But uh, I didn't. I don't really consider them. Uh, Fitzpatrick's a tough call. Yeah, actually, no. You're right. Two of the three are tough calls, in my opinion. I just talked about them on yesterday's show. So I think it's really on you, Heath, for not listening to the waiver wire show. <laughs> um, I no, no, that's not it. It's that Ben and I have our own valuable opinions. And yesterday we were talking about <laughs> adding and dropping players. Today we're talking about whether we're going to start them in Week 16. And I'd like to know what Ben thinks. Okay, Ben. You would like to know what he thinks about someone specific about those guys, or just about, in general about tough calls? Uh, well, yeah, that was the, my first question. Like, if there is a tough call that you're going to have, you know, I'm sure there'll be many. But which one stands out to you? Heath has already voiced his uh, opinion on this. Ben, what's a week 16 tough call? See, now we're already over 16 tough calls, so this is great. No, uh, this is great because I I also want Heath's opinion on a tough call that I have. Not, not not Adams as no, much. Yeah, what about my uh, opinion? <laughs> uh, I I'm in the championship game with Dalvin Cook and Chris Godwin. I barely made it through. Both guys got hurt. I have to fill in leaky holes in my in my roster. And I actually started Boston Scott alongside Dalvin Cook last week. It's PPR um, because RB two is my one clear weak spot. This is a Lamar Jackson team. George Kittle, Darren Waller, a lot of good a lot of good options at other spots, but. 
Um, I'm thin at running back. So I'm probably going to be starting Boston Scott again this week. I'm trying to get Mike Boone, but I'm um, I have two dollars of of free agent budget, uh, so I have to decide between guys like Duke Johnson, Devin Coleman, Jalen Samuels, Ronald Jones. But I picked up Carryon Johnson last week, and I'm curious if you guys think if Carryon Johnson plays, he would be trustworthy. I think if Carryon Johnson plays, he is definitely going to be a tough call. But I will have him projected for more fantasy points than all of those guys, just because the Lions have absolutely nothing to play for. And Carrion Johnson has been out for two months. And so if he's coming back, I'm assuming he's coming back because he's perfectly fine. And they've got Bo Scarborough hurt. They got JD McKissick hurt in their most recent game. The running back production from this offense actually hasn't been that bad. And when Carrion Johnson was playing earlier in the year, he was a top 20 running back on a per game basis. So yeah, I'm I'm probably starting Carrion Johnson over those guys. I actually have a team also with Dalvin Cook and Chris Godwin that's in the finals this week and has Jameis Winston at quarterback as well. Oh. Um, I The tough call I'm having, not really, I guess, but I think it will be for some people. I'm going right back to O.J. Howard. I picked him up off the waiver wire. He led the team in targets after Chris Godwin went down last week. Jameis walked into the building this week and says to Howard and Bray, you guys are getting fed the rock. <laughs> All right, and I expect this to be a shootout with the Texans. Yeah, and so I, I've got I've got Howard as like a top eight tight end. I'm starting him over Jared Cook, and I'm really strongly considering starting him over Hunter Henry. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, he was not terrible last week, OJ Howard, but he wasn't as good as I was hoping he would be. Uh, Bruce Arian said the running backs are going to have to get more involved in the passing game this week without Chris Godwin. Now, Chris Godwin has not been officially ruled out, but. I my question on Chris Godwin is is it okay to drop him? What do you think? Or would yeah. you play it safe and keep him? No, I, I I'm okay dropping him. I think it, it it's pretty clear he's not going to play, right? Yeah, it's it, it's not official. Noticed, though, I, I don't think I am because the thing that I noticed last night when I was making waiver claims is like 90% of the people I've been keeping on my bench have no business on my bench now because they're going to have no impact on week 16. Right. Like I'm dropping Latavius Murray. I'm dropping well, and guys, but like guys like golden Tate and that level of wide receiver right. or running backs, maybe like Ronald Jones. Yeah. Oh, I chance totally to agree. If you're not starting those guys, you got to cut those. So I'm not going to drop Godwin just because if there's a 5% chance that he comes back and plays, well, he's a definite starter. Yeah. There's really no scenario where the other guys are starters. Uh, but, uh, well, you said Ronald Jones. I mean, like I said, Bruce Arians said that the running backs are going to have to be more involved in the passing game. Does that give you more hope for Ronald Jones this week against the Texans? Um, of that group that Ben said earlier, I would actually start Ronald Jones over Boston Scott. Um, he would have been my favorite running back in the group if he hadn't got to carry on Johnson. So I think if Carrion doesn't play, Ben should, especially Ben, in the championship game. Oh, yeah. Should start running. I know, but. <laughs> Scores a touchdown. It's going to be the most joyous moment of your entire season. That's true. But my concern with Jones, I mean, it's the same concern that we've had with his workload all year, right? He's splitting carries. He's, I, I think the receiving work uh, note is, is promising. But um, the big thing that I've seen the second half of the season that has me shying away from him is he's played almost no snaps inside the five. They either hurry up and leave. Agumba Wale on the field, or it was even TJ Logan one snap a couple of weeks back. Now Logan's on IR. Or if they slow things down, they always sub in Peyton Barber, even if it's a pass attempt. Uh, I've watched it closely, and and they just don't allow Ron Jones to play inside the five. Maybe that will change, but I don't think he he has a snap inside the five in the last maybe half season. Wow. Uh, and it's it's crazy because he I think has scored on his last three rush attempts inside the ten. Um, and I think one of those was like a four yard rush attempt that was several weeks ago, but, uh, he's been efficient in that area, but they, they keep turning to Peyton Barber. So I don't think he really has like multiple touchdown upside without goal line work. And it's just not a great offense. It's a tough matchup. Houston's a little better against the run than the pass. So I'm struggling with Jones. Yeah. I I, I, actually have a tough call that I need your help with. Oh, all right. Is it John Brown? I had the uh, chiefs defense on one of my teams. And I picked up last night the Broncos defense face at home against David Blau. But the Colts defense at home against Will Greer is still available. Do you prefer the Colts or the Broncos? Colts. I like the Broncos there. You know, the Colts, I mentioned this on the show yesterday. The Colts were terrible last week. And I think you can, I pretty much excuse it. 
In fact, I completely excuse it. Uh, but they had been very strong. It's like eight of the last ten games. I'll get it up right now. Uh, eight of the last ten games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep. They've scored double-digit fantasy points in our standard scoring league. That's a lot. That's really good. So, you know, I I would go with them against Carolina. In fact, in fact, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick them up because you know what? I did the same thing. I dropped the Eagles for the Broncos. I don't even think I saw that the Chiefs were available, that the Colts were available. I'm getting the Colts. Look at me helping people out. Yeah, I'm definitely keeping Broncos now. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, I'll make that change. All right. So for me, I think the toughest call. Well, not for me. It, I'm sitting John Brown, and I have him yeah. in one of my leagues. Heath, you're starting John Brown. Um, that that's solely dependent on who I have on my roster. Um, but like I could see he's 27, I think for me. So I could absolutely see, I'd rather like one guy, I think it was maybe the over most overlooked guy on waiver wire, wire talk yesterday, uh, was Danny Amendola. I would start Danny Amendola and PPR over John Brown for sure. He has dominated targets since David Blau has taken over and Chris Harris is going to be on Kenny Gulladay. And the Broncos' other corner just got suspended. So I, I think Amendola is definitely a guy I'd pick up to start over Brown. Big okay. note on Amendola, his snaps and routes spiked when Hawkinson went on IR because they went to more three wide receiver sets instead of using their tight ends as much. Every game where he's run a route on at least 75% of the dropbacks, which I believe is now five games after last week, he's seen at least eight targets in all, all five of those games. Some of those stretch back to when Stafford was quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Heath. He's a, and Marvin Jones is out now too. So we're like, there's nowhere else for those targets to go. Yeah. And by the way, John Brown's at new England, in case you don't have the schedule handy, that game's on Saturday. And it's in the first meeting he had five catches for 69 yards. He also just had a good game against Pittsburgh, which was a little surprising to me, but, uh, new England, I would say considerably tougher than Pittsburgh. Uh, so, you know, it, outside the top 20 for Heath, he's probably outside the top 50 for Dave and Jamie. That's partially a joke. Uh, but, so John Brown's a tough call. Aaron Aaron Jones is honestly a tough call for me. I think you know everybody's going to start him after last week, but I think there's reason to be concerned. Looking forward to getting into those. Let me read a Twitter poll that, of course, you know, such a simple Twitter poll, and I couldn't even do it right. Uh, I I was th- I said was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if the people who were eliminated from the fantasy championship placed wagers on the Week 16 matchup? Have you ever bet on a fantasy matchup that you weren't involved in? And I put yes and no as the options. But, of course, I put two different questions in the tweet, so I confused everyone. But the question really was, have you ever bet on a fantasy matchup that you weren't involved in? And only 24% said yes. But wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that give you some skin in the game? You like you want to, you know, pretend that Week 16 means something to your fantasy team that's been eliminated? So you, I, ma- you make a bet on, on the championship matchup. Like I've got so many leagues now that this pretty much never happens. But individually, it still happens. And it definitely happened way back when I only played one league. When my season ends, when I'm eliminated in round one of the playoffs or round two of the playoffs, I am so pissed off about fantasy football and this stupid league and the stupid guy that beat me. There is no way I want to follow their game with something else on the line for me. No, piss on you guys. I'm going to play golf. (laughs) You You don't play golf. You play golf. What do you mean? You play golf? I play golf. What's wrong with playing golf? I just didn't think I didn't think Heath played golf. But I was on the high school golf team. Really? Yeah, that was pretty good. The more you know. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to honk my horn at the, right, you know, driving by the golf course when people were swinging. I used to do that. Back yep. Wow. In high school, <laughs> you're that guy. That does, that makes sense because it was the golfers on the golf team that used to put Adam in lockers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The toughest, the toughest athletic team. Yeah. Well, the football players pick on the golf players. The golf oh, players pick on Azer. We did not have a football team at my school, and if we did, I probably would have been the starting center to tell you about how good we would have been. Uh, so, Ben, would you ever wager on Week 16 if you weren't in it? I don't know that I've ever done it, um, but yeah, I tend to agree with Heath. When back when I was playing, not that many leagues, you know, it, the, the fantasy season's a grind, and and I, you know. You you lose out. You're you're ready to to kind of check check out a little bit. But um, I I not, probably would. Now. Not I probably would. I don't <laughs> think it is a grind for people who don't cover it. I think it's just fun. You know, like. But it's not fun the week after you're eliminated. Well, yeah, but what if you didn't make the playoffs? You know, 
make the playoffs, then I really don't want to think about Why? it. Why? All right, fine. Let's do the news and notes. Is Dalvin Cook going to play Monday night against Green Bay? What do you say? There we go. <laughs> I think no. I I would say that the chances of Dalvin... I'm just going to give you odds. We've got a one in four shot of Dalvin Cook starting. We've got a one in four shot of Dalvin Cook starting. Or Alexander, Alexander starting. Yeah. And about a 50-50 shot of Mike Boone starting but being the trappiest of trap backs in the history of trap backs. He literally does not have a target this season. He wasn't active most of the games when both Madison and Cook were healthy because they wanted Amir Abdullah to do a couple of things in the passing game, and he didn't do those things. So I don't expect him to... I have him projected for zero targets, and that really kills a PPR projection when you get nothing from the passing game. Yeah. Totally I, agree. I know. Only He only ran six routes last week. I, they were in a huge positive game script, but um, I, I agree. I think we would see Amir Abdullah play a lot in the passing game. It's, I just wonder, like, would they sign someone? And then I, the situation that stands out to me is Bo Scarborough. When we were sort of excited, I don't know about excited, but flexing uh, J.D. McKissick, and then all of a sudden it was someone else. It was Bo Scarborough. Like, I just, do they trust Mike Boone? in a big divisional game to be their running back. I mean, they might, they're probably going to trust them more than anybody they'd get off the waiver wire or the practice squad, but I'd be so nervous. I'd be so nervous to start Mike Boone. Um, Me too. I picked him up in one league and I'm just, I'm looking for any way I can to not actually use him. Yeah. But then again, like for me, it's going to come down to, I did pick up Mike Boone. So it's going to come down to Mike Boone, the three of these four Boone, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, and Miles Sanders. Sanders, if Jordan Howard doesn't play, Sanders is the best to me. It's non PPR. I can't imagine I'm sitting Kamara, and then I'll make the case against Aaron Jones. But like, I'm probably going to sit Boone. But like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Boone had a better game than Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones, sure, could but get there's, 13 there's carries. risk with the Monday night uncertainty with the injuries of the other backs too. I mean, I think that's a pretty clear decision for you. Well, yeah, Aaron I, Jones is on I, Monday night too. So I've oh. got Boone in a PPR league, and I've also got carry on. I've also got Jamal Williams, and I've also got Patrick Laird. If uh, Carrion he, doesn't play, I'm probably going to start Boom, but I'm not 100% sure I'm going to start Boom. Right. Yeah. All right. Now, the, the plus side on Boone is he's very athletic. 91st percentile spark score, big, reasonable size, ran a 4.49, really strong burst, uh, you know, tested very well coming out of college. Uh, just, just one of those really good athletes and he has some long runs in his, in his background. So there is some potential for, to, to break some big plays and, and the Packers tend to give up a decent amount of rushing yards. So there, if he's the starting back and gets, you know, 15, 20 carries and the Vikings run heavy offense, there's definitely a hundred yard oh, yeah. rushing upside here. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. I, I don't want to poo poo his downside, but the one more or his upside, the one other negative, I will say the thing that I guess that happened recently that makes me even more worried is the Marlon Mack situation because like Mac hasn't played on passing downs hardly at all since he's come back and he's been really inefficient and I think it's a little bit easier for defensive teams when they know and the Bears dealt with this last year oh the running guy is in let's play run defense the passing guy is in let's play passing pass defense that happened to Mac last week and then eventually they just didn't play him as much because they were so far down Detroit is sticking with Matt Patricia and their GM Bob Quinn and they're sticking with David Blau because Matthew Stafford's on IR Devlin Hodges is starting for the Steelers. Evan Ingram's out. He's on IR. A.J. Green, <coughs> unlikely to play this season. Chris Goblin hasn't been ruled out yet, but Scotty Miller has. Scotty Miller is on IR. Richard Sherman's likely going to play this week against the Rams on Saturday. Juju Smith-Schuster listed as questionable right now. Jared Goff says his thumb will be fine in a day or two. They're at San Francisco on Saturday. And Washington guard Brandon Scherf, who I believe missed last week's game, uh, he will be out against the Giants. And that's pretty significant. He's a good player and... They got a. They're facing a formidable front, but you know they. I'll, I'll double check. I'm pretty sure Scherf missed last week's game, and Adrian Peterson did just fine. Uh, our Facebook giveaway this week: the most exciting victory you had this season. Did it come down to Monday night? Was did you win on the Raheem Mostert lateral fumble? Um, so yeah, let us know. Win a T-shirt and the parlay. Pick them. Chance to win a million dollars. Go to cbssports.com/parlay. Just pick some games. Or you can do it on the app as well, the CBS Sports app. Parlay. Pick them. By the way, today is early signing day. Great coverage on CBS Sports HQ all day long. So check out HQ. Download the CBS Sports HQ app. It's free. It's 24-7 streaming sports coverage. It's really great. 
And for signing day and everything else you need, check out HQ. We've got some questions from Apple Podcasts. We're going to read a bunch of your emails later at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. This is from Dion Forker from the self-proclaimed best town on earth in western Kentucky. That's uh, Madisonville. Really? It's about an hour and a half east of Paducah. <laughs> okay. You're making words up. <laughs> I think they're all true. Google it. <laughs> okay. He says, Dear Nikki, Vince, Tommy, and Mick. Oh, I know what that is now that I Googled it. That is, uh, come on, Heath. This is a band that I feel like you probably were into a little bit. Nikki, Vince, Tommy, and Nick Mick. Six? What's that? Yeah, um, I sh- I definitely should know this. Tommy I, is the is the big boys. one. No, it's uh, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. I was on on the right path. Uh, I I joined a league with some work friends and realized after the draft that we have a week seventeen championship. I have Lamar as my quarterback and options to replace him in week seventeen are RG three, Minshew, Rivers, Haskins, Locke, and Dalton. Who is my least terrible option if Lamar sits in week 17? Got to get the schedule up. I have up. no idea who anyone plays in week 17. Yeah, me either. <laughs> About to check. I also have no idea who is going to be playing for anyone else in week 17. Yeah, so I just I might I just pull up the schedule to the question next Tuesday. Well, let's see. So Rivers is at Kansas City. Don't love that. Uh, Dalton... Just There's a non-zero chance Rivers gets benched, too. Tell us where Gardner Minshew is. That's, that's what we all need to know. Okay. It's probably, it's probably going to be Minshew. Minshew's Jackson. at home against Indianapolis. That's not awful. I, I'm not playing Locke. Minshew. Um, yeah, I think Minshew's probably the right call. I'm, I wouldn't play Haskins Otherwise either. Otherwise known as statistically the best passing rookie quarterback this season. Cincinnati is home against Cleveland. So there's that. Also, we have some dynasty talk coming up. Uh, all right, Minshew's your answer. And for... For this next one, start two in a half PPR league. James Conner, Tyler Boyd, Marquise Brown, and T.Y. Hilton. Pretty easily Conner and Boyd for me. Yep. Well, Conner's got the Jets. That's not easy. He barely got any work last week. No, he played over 50% of the snaps. They were... He got 12 um, touches? Something like that? Yeah. I, I want to pull it up before I say this, but I'm pretty confident it's because they just didn't run a lot as a team. But I, I, I don't they know didn't. if I'm mixing no, that you, up. No, you are right about that. They threw way too much. But now they're facing best run defensive football, or one of them. Yeah, he still saw five targets and caught four passes, had 12 right. touches. Like, even if you just told me James Conner's getting 12 touches against the Jets, I would take him over T.Y. Hilton and Marquise Brown. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, especially in half PPR. Like, he'll, he'll get work in both... He he definitely gave up snaps, right? Like J- Jalen Samuels, Kareth White, and Benny Snell all played and all had multiple touches. But um, in half PPR, you, you lean towards the running back. He played like 58% of the snaps, I think. And they just didn't run the ball, like we said. All right, guys. Let's get into the tough calls for this week. First, yeah, did you guys get a good night's sleep last night? How was your sleep? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no, you were up at what, 345? Yeah. Weird. Oh man, that's when you cover. Let's go, Adam. What'd you say? That was only forty-five minutes ago. <laughs> no, it's sick. That was an hour and fifteen minutes ago. Oh, it's like four a.m. on the West Coast right now. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's six a.m. You guys are both off. It was two hours oh, over two, two hours ago. Okay, yeah, my bad. How about you, Heath? Sleep well? Yeah, I uh, went to bed about nine forty-five. Wednesday is or Tuesday is my sleep night after a hard, hard day of work. So yeah, nine forty-five. Straight to sleep, stripped all the way through. Oh, good. So you, that's why he's very sharp today. Look, so you got to get a good night's sleep. We're going to help you get a good night's sleep with the sleep number bed and the 360 smart bed in particular. Go to a sleep number store. How do you find one? You go to sleepnumber.com slash FFT. Sleepnumber.com slash FFT. They've got great holiday deals. You can get a, an awesome holiday gift for quality sleep with the sleep number 360 smart bed that adjusts on each side. So you and your spouse, whoever you're sleeping in the bed with, you can adjust to get to make the mattress feel the way you want it to feel. This starts at 999. 
Only at Sleep Number stores at sleepnumber.com slash FFT. That's how you find them. But the Sleep Number beds allow you to adjust each side for your ideal firmness, comfort, and support. That's such a cool feature. And the 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably through the night. With Sleep IQ technology inside the bed, it tracks how you're sleeping and gives you personalized insights for your best sleep. So again, it's a great holiday gift from $9.99 only at Sleep Number stores. Get the 360 Smart Bed at sleepnumber.com slash FFT. That's how you find those stores. Tough calls. Drew Brees outdoors. He is coming off 49 points against San Francisco, 36 points against the Colts. He's only played two road games, was great at Tampa Bay, struggled at Atlanta, at least uh, fantasy point-wise. Starter sit Drew Brees at Tennessee. I think you're starting him. I mean, they're, they're not running the ball particularly well. He's not as good on the road. And there's reason to be a little concerned, but I, I think you'd have a hard time sitting him when he's, uh, I mean, just look what he did last week. I mean, how efficient he's been. For the most part, I'm starting him in a six-point per, per touchdown pass league. The one guy you you started him over last week that I would start over him this week would be Matt Ryan because that Jacksonville defense has just been absolutely atrocious and he is at home in the Dome. In a four-point league, I think you could consider Fitzmagic over him. Okay. the uh, What's good about this matchup is the Titans have been scoring a lot. They're averaging 31.1 points per game in their last seven games. And quarterbacks have thrown 40... Or four of the last seven quarterbacks face the Titans have thrown 40 or more passes. So that is good, Andrew. But they, they just don't give up a lot of big games. So, you know, I don't know that you're getting a huge game from Drew Brees, but he's Drew Brees. It's, it could happen. How about Andy Dalton at Miami? Is that a tough call for you guys? How much do you trust him? The Dolphins give up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't want to start him. Oddly, I don't really want to start him either. Um, there, I will have to look into this 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 morning. It's one of the things on my list. But in my first run of projections, there is a much larger gap between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Andy Dalton than I feel like there should be. Um, but I mean, Dalton yeah. doesn't come in as a top 12 guy for me. Okay. It, would you rather start Dalton or Aaron Rodgers? I'd start probably, I'd start Dalton. probably Dalton in that situation, but Rodgers is right there with him. Maybe, maybe Rodgers. I, I'd take Rodgers there. So Heath, I, I put Matt Ryan on this list home against Jacksonville. You don't seem to agree, but the reason here's the what Here's why he's just not playing that well lately. I mean, if you look at his fantasy points since coming back from the injury, the ankle injury, I'm not saying it's related. It could just be a coincidence, but he needed 50 points and garbage time to score 20 points against the Saints in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league. He had a 93-yard touchdown pass that got him to 24 fantasy points against Carolina. He needed a last-second touchdown pass to score 22 points at San Francisco. So even when he's put up 20 to 24 points, it's been a struggle to get there. It's taken pretty much in two of the three games like till the very end. Can, can I reframe what you've just said? Yeah. Yeah. Since coming back from injury, Matt Ryan has faced the Saints, Panthers, and at San Francisco, and he doesn't have a game over that stretch with fewer than 20 fantasy uh, points. That's, no, but that's not, that's not the complete picture because the three games before that, he at, scored 18 points at the Saints, 18 points at Carolina, and six points against Tampa Bay at home. So it's been really overall pretty bad for Matt Ryan. He has not been someone that's winning you your league. If you're going to score 20 to 25 fantasy points against the Saints and 49ers, it's probably going to he be He didn't ugly. do that. Going to take a big play. He didn't he's do that. In Jacksonville, they are absolutely terrible defensively right now and he's at home. I he's a top 4 quarterback for me this week. I'm not I have no reservations at all about Matt Ryan. Another way that I would reframe what what you offered Adam is that's who Atlanta is right now. I mean they they don't run the ball. That's who they've been all season. Oh, they, they will the run NFL the ball. Pass attempts. They, they throw the ball to catch up. They, they throw will. the ball over the field. Not this week. They will run the ball this week. I mean, Devontae Freeman, his first two games back, he had 17 carries in both games. Didn't think he was going to be able to run the ball last week at San Francisco, but against what looks like the worst run defense in football right now, they will run the ball this week, and they're going to win. I don't I mean, this game is the worst run defense in football. Yeah, you know what? It, that's fine. Carolina and Jacksonville are are back to back in my opinion and the Chiefs are right up there too but they should be able that's the thing they should be able to run the ball in this game and I don't think they're going to be trailing maybe I don't think they'll be playing catch up in the fourth quarter it'd probably be a close game 
Although, yeah, I don't know. But the, does that like does that factor in, Ben? I mean, I think this is a more favorable game. No, script I mean it, it's a fair point. It might Freeman. lower his ceiling a little bit. They probably will try to run the ball in Jacksonville. But I it, like if you look at his game long, he's thrown fewer than thirty passes one time all season. Even in those games that you mentioned, where Freeman was back and running more, he did. Uh, Ryan did have a couple down games. The Carolina game in particular stands out, where Atlanta had their um, their first. I, I guess the first Carolina game, and Atlanta didn't actually run the ball that well. Then that game, they ran the ball better in their second Carolina game, and Ryan still produced. I mean, I yeah, I, I, I'm just even if they run, I, I still think Ryan winds up throwing 30 passes and puts up numbers. Well, yeah. because when they run, that means that Matt Ryan throws 35 to 40 passes instead of throwing 40 to 50 passes. Yeah, and if you're telling me Matt Ryan's throwing 35 to 40 passes against Jacksonville, he's going to be very good. I I hope so. It just he just hasn't been that good in his last six or seven games. Uh, so, all right. And then, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say about this game? Oh yeah. I just want to, just because I put these guys, like I just, cause I'm making the case against them. I don't want to make people think I'm very anti Matt Ryan. I just think it's my job to sort of bring up the other side of the coin. How about Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams? Is that a tough call for you this week? I, I don't have him anywhere and I don't really want to be trusting him, but, um, I'm curious what he thinks. I would definitely start uh, Minshew and Fitzpatrick over him. I'd probably start Andy Dalton over him. I'd start Aaron Rodgers over him. I'm not. St- I, I'm not starting Jimmy Garoppolo. Man, the Rams are so weird. They're either amazing defensively or horrible. There's just no in between. Because <laughs> uh, there's like four. Like Dak Prescott didn't have a great fantasy game last week, but he was great. He threw 23 passes. He scored 21 fantasy points, and. Uh, there have been four games where they've just been absolutely dreadful against quarterbacks. If you count the Dallas game, uh, it could always happen, but usually they're usually they're pretty good. Okay, so our last tough call, my for the day at quarterback is Philip Rivers at home against Oakland. His last three games, he scored twenty points at Denver, he scored thirty points at Jacksonville, and he scored just ten points against Minnesota. That was an ugly game with three interceptions. He went back to the guy he was, you know, in that really rough stretch. Doesn't throw a lot of passes, but the Raiders, they give up the the most passing yards per attempt, so that helps. And uh, four straight quarterbacks have scored 21 or more fantasy points against the Raiders in six-point-per-passing-touchdown leagues. That's start-worthy with only 27 to 29 pass attempts. So it can be done. Uh, Ben, is Philip Rivers a tough call for you? Would you consider starting him? I'd consider starting him. It's a good matchup. Um, I have a little bit of concern that like they've warmed up Tyrod Taylor a couple times. They've talked about benching him and Philip Rivers definitely can just throw three interceptions and a half. And at this point in week 16, I, I could see them just deciding to to sit him down at a certain point. This is the last home game, right? Uh, oh yeah. They probably won't probably, bench him. Probably as, the last I mean, game, game ever as a charger. Sure. Um, I, I, I struggle a lot with the range of quarterbacks from eight through 12 in my rankings. And it's in some, the order changes nearly constantly. Fitzmagic, Minshew, Jameis, and Rivers. Um, Right now, Rivers is the bottom of that group. One of the factors in my, I use air quotes for model because it's not that sophisticated, but is the uh, implied Vegas total for a team, one of the factors. And so I could see a situation where Rivers is the top of that group if uh, that number goes up for them, and I think it probably will. I, I think he's a fine start. He's not someone I'm forcing into my lineup. I'd rather start Breeze. All right, let's go to the, uh, to the running backs here. Raheem Mostert against the Rams. He has four straight games with a rushing touchdown. And last week, 14 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown with only one catch against the Falcons. He's probably not going to give you much in the passing game. But he has scored in non-PPR. Mostert has scored 12, 20, 22, and did he fumble last? Oh, he did fumble, right, that last play of the game. Nine fantasy points. Should have been 11 fantasy points in non-PPR in his last four games. Uh, The Rams, they only give up 4.1 yards per carry. They do tend to give up some fantasy points, though, to running backs. He starter sit Raheem Mostert this week. Uh, He is a tough call. This is a good good, good one that you chose. Finally, I'm mostly starting him in non-PPR. In PPR, it, it's interesting, especially when you talk about with that group of Mike Boone, maybe DeAndre Washington if Josh Jacobs shuts it down. Um, 
maybe carry on Johnson. I, I would have a hard time starting him if I had one of those guys. And it turns out that guy is going to get all the touches for his team. Yeah. Mostert's snapshot has dropped both of the last two weeks since his kind of surprise takeover of the backfield and, and dropped by quite a bit. And, and Coleman and breeder are both healthier. I, I assume they want all these guys, you know, they're, they're going into the playoffs. They want all these guys to be healthy and involved. Um, I definitely think there's scenarios where Mostert sees under 50% of the snaps this week. And, and Adam just mentioned he's not doing a lot in the past game. He got 14 carries last week. You might only get 12 carries out of him and no catches. And so you, you really need him to be efficient and score like he has been, but it's not something to really bank on. I agree with Heath. If you look at Mostert plus Brita plus Coleman plus Jeff Wilson, you've got 16 rushing touchdowns. I'd be curious this season. I'd be curious to know if there are there's probably one or two, but I feel like they score a rushing touchdown every game. So he's probably the guy to get it at this point if they're going to score a rushing touchdown. I know Coleman got some work near the goal line last week, but well, it's been more Mostert. Like the most likely back on the team to break a 40-yard touchdown run is the back that doesn't get the ball inside the 10-yard line. So that kind of messes with the odds a little bit as oh, well. I, like I think Breida's most likely to break a long touchdown run. Uh, it could be it could be Mostert. That's interesting. It could be Mostert. It could be Coleman, could be Coleman. too. I mean, they're all really athletic. Uh, uh, all right, let's I move on. At about a yeah, 75% chance at a touchdown this week? For Mostert or for the 49ers? Mostert. Yeah, that's the thing. He's got a good chance to score. Aaron Jones at Minnesota. I don't know if this means anything to you. Aaron Jones uh, at home. 66.4 rushing yards per game, 4.8 yards per carry, 10 rushing touchdowns. On the road, 50 rushing yards per game, 3.9 yards per carry, nearly a full yard per carry lower, four rushing touchdowns on the road this year, all of them in one game at Dallas. The Vikings have given up one rushing touchdown to a running back at home this year. It was Andy Janovich for the Denver Broncos. Uh, does that mean anything to you in this matchup? I'll say that I think it's pretty interesting that he did have a good game at Dallas on turf in the you know climate controlled setting. Um, their other road games: Chicago, Kansas City, the Chargers, the 49ers, I think is also turf but outdoor, and the Giants, same deal. But some of those are natural grass. I mean, he's a he's a speed player. He's a quick player. I, I I'm I want to use him if I have him. I think you kind of have to. We've seen um, the last couple of weeks, like he didn't catch, I think, any passes or maybe one pass last week, but he he showed the receiving work two weeks ago. It hasn't been as good since Devontae Adams came back, his receiving profile, but he did show that upside. He also has 17 touchdowns on the season. Like he's he has an amazing uh, green zone role and very efficient in that area. So I, I, I don't think he's really uh, a big question mark. I think he's a guy you got to trust. He's got a lot of touchdown equity. I'm probably starting him, but there are a handful of guys that we have started him over all year that I would start over him this week. Like? Joe Mixon. Against the Dolphins. Miles Sanders. Cowboys. Um, does Austin Eckler count? Yes, I, I have to make that very decision. In fact, I benched Aaron Jones for Austin Eckler in a non-PPR league last week, and I won, thankfully, but it was obviously a terrible decision. Uh, and I have to make that decision again. And, and like the thing is, I've ne I cannot remember a running back like this. He's a top five running back, and he's got so many bad games this year. We're talking like three or fewer fantasy points in non PPR. Uh, like just his last six games. These are his non PPR fantasy points in his last six games: three twenty-seven, three two twenty-four seventeen. It's so weird. It is like Adam. We've talked about this all year long. The 24 could win you a league, and the three can't hurt you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to... Side, I got the side eye. <laughs> for Ben, that's good. Uh, James, I, you know, Ben, I'm glad that Heath picks on you now, and not just me. It's, it does make me feel a little bit better. In fact, uh, I'm going to reward I mean, he, what he that. said was factually accurate, and I didn't pick up on any of his sarcasm, so we can just move on. <laughs> Heath, Heath earned this. James Conner at the Jets. I guess we could probably go fast on this one. You guys think he's a start? Yeah, I think for the most part, yeah. Um, again, all these things depend on on options. I like the the guys that that Heath just gave. Um, 
over Jones. I, I would have Jones over Connor as well. So, I, yeah, I think Connor would be behind a lot of those names. But I think you're starting him if you have options like I mentioned earlier in the show in, in one of my leagues. I agree with everything Ben just said. He is um, right behind Aaron Jones in my rankings directly. So all of the guys that I would start over Jones, I would also start over Connor. I would also start Jones over Connor, but you're probably starting Connor. Yeah, but what about Mike Boone or James Connor and Aaron Jones? I I would start Boone over them in non PPR. I would start them over Boone in PPR, assuming we have. This is the key: Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison have to be ruled out. Yep. Yeah. If they're questionable, but we not really sure. No way am I using Boone. Right. Okay, and uh, Philip Lindsay, Heath, you like uh, Philip Lindsay? It seems like uh, basically the same as Aaron Jones and same same group as Aaron Jones and James Conner. Another guy that's uh, PPR dependent, I think. Um, weirdly, as but in what? Actually, as, and behind those guys, he's better or worse than PPR. I I've got him just behind them. I mean, I've got him ranked about the same, but mm-hmm. they move ahead of him in PPR and oh. behind him in non PPR. Okay. Yeah, he's got Detroit this week. Detroit, by the way, where is this? I tweeted it last night. Their last eight games, running backs are are averaging 3.38 yards per carry against Detroit. They have a sneaky good run defense. They give up a lot of touchdowns. They give up a lot of receiving yards. But we thought they were going to have a good run defense this year, led by Snacks Harrison, who made a big difference when they acquired him last year. They actually, like, they give up the fourth most fantasy points, but... They actually have a pretty good run defense, three point three eight yards per carry. So in the last eight games, I don't know. Ben, what do you think about Philip Lindsay this week? I don't want to use him. I mean, we we talked about him. I think last week on the um the mailbag the mailbag show at the end of last week, and we we talked a little about him. I, I made a case that he hasn't played that much, and you you mentioned well his, his touches have been pretty consistent. And they have been, but they're they're in the running game. They're they're really specifically using him more on running downs, and and they like Royce more in the passing game. Last week they trailed by uh, quite a few points from the early part of the game, and Lindsey played his lowest snap share of the season. Royce Freeman, I believe, played his highest snap share of the season. I think that was really strong evidence that those roles are what they are. They like Freeman more in in, in pass protection. So. Um, I don't think Denver's, you know, I, they, they could win this game against Detroit at home, but I, I, I just don't want to trust that. I don't want to trust a guy who's not going to play on pass downs and also could get his, his rush attempts cold. Yeah, I think the difference is, and, and Ben could be right, I kind of think Denver's going to stomp them. Not, Detroit. I mean, for, for but Denver. So like, 16 rushes and, and two catches is like the upside, right? You say 16 and two? Yeah. Yeah, um, in a, no, in a, in a game they win by two scores, I think 20 and two is the upside. Okay, so last guy, last running back here, then we'll go to some wide receivers. We'll read uh, your emails. We got some dynasty to talk about, wide receivers and running backs who are gaining and losing value in our minds. But uh, last guy here is Kenyon Drake, coming off a four-touchdown performance. He is at Seattle. And Seattle has uh, they've been pretty pretty good against the run. They're not that bad. They 18th in fantasy points allowed to running backs, but they give up 4.05 yards per carry to running backs. It's another team that gives up passing production and some touchdowns. Uh, that, you know, so that could help. That could really help Kenyon Drake. This will be the team of all the teams he has faced this year. No team allows more receiving yards per game to running backs than the Seahawks. Is Kenyon Drake ahead of all of the guys we've talked about? James Conner, Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsay, and Raheem Mostert. I don't I, think he's clearly ahead of all of them. Um, I, I've got him ahead of all of them. Okay. All right, so Drake had, I believe it was four or five rush attempts. Or excuse me, um, I, five or six because he had four touchdowns. Three of them came in the green zone. Rush attempts in the green zone is the stat that I'm referencing. So I, I believe he had five or six. He had two in the rest of his Arizona games combined. And he's been playing as a lead back that entire stretch. So um, the way that I view that stat is it's a good encapsulation of the fact that Arizona's offense doesn't consistently produce. um, And I can't really bank on all those rushing touchdowns carrying over. Now, he's been very good, and you should definitely use him. I, I think he's very usable compared to a lot of those guys, but I don't think he's like a clear lock for me. Okay. Yeah, and uh, for Drake, that was the best matchup by far that he had seen. Like He had faced really tough opponents. 
And then Cleveland, they're, they're really bad against the run, and he crushed them. Seattle, as I mentioned, they're really not bad against the run. They do give up some fantasy points, but a lot of it's in the passing game. And they've been, uh, they've been pretty solid against the run. All right, we're going to tell you about SeatGeek real quick, and then we'll get to some wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, John Brown, covered some of them. But SeatGeek, man, SeatGeek is the Michael Thomas of ticketing apps. Because other ticketing apps, they make it so difficult to get to the game. SeatGeek lets you enjoy the game, lets you get there easily, find great deals. SeatGeek brings in tickets from all over the web. SeatGeek gives you $10 off when you use our promo code. FFT. The promo code is FFT on SeatGeek to save 10 bucks on your first purchase. I get testimonials from our listeners all the time. Thanks so much for talking to me about SeatGeek. I use SeatGeek. I got, I got these great seats. They were cheaper than anywhere else I was looking. Uh, it just it was so easy to use SeatGeek. I, get, I really do get these a lot. So you can take it from me because I use SeatGeek or you can take it from our listeners because they use SeatGeek. And SeatGeek has over 50,000 Five-star reviews in the App Store. So take it from those people as well. SeatGeek is the best. You need to use it. Use it and use the code FFT to get 10 bucks off. Again, download the SeatGeek app and the promo code is FFT for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. T.Y. Hilton, anybody trusting him against Carolina? You know, this was a tough matchup earlier in the year. They were doing very well against some very good wide receivers. Mike Evans, they shut down. DeAndre Hopkins, they shut down. But it's not really the case anymore. Most of the good wide receivers are doing quite well against Carolina, who's now giving up on the season the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers. So he starters at T.Y. Hilton, who did have nine targets last week. I Yeah, I don't know that T.Y. Hilton is a good wide receiver currently. Um, and that's not like anything against him. I just don't think he's healthy. I'm not starting him. Nah, yeah, I'm starting Perriman over him. And I'm starting. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I would I would start Perriman over him as well. I think the positive note is even in a game the Colts did really poorly and no one really produced. He he did see nine targets. He immediately returned to his number one role while only playing fifty two percent of the snaps. That could increase this week. So you probably have volume on your side. So I I'm also starting DK Metcalf against Arizona over Ty Hilton just for a little context there. Uh, but hopefully you have some running backs you can start over him as well. John Brown at New England. We already talked about him. He's outside the top 24 for Heath. He's just had a really good year, and we should give him credit. Seven catches, 99 yards at Pittsburgh. But that was after three straight games with less than 40 yards. And we and, know, look, the Patriots are just ridiculous. Go ahead, Heath. And I'm currently still starting him in a in a PPR three-wide receiver league. Um, I missed on Perryman, and I have not found a better option yet. I may just start him. Like, I'm not going to force it. Amendola is not available, but so it's not, I, like I'm not saying he's a sure sit. He is a tough decision. Yeah, I'm going to sit him in one of my two leagues that I'm still alive, and I'm going to sit him for Terry McLaurin. Um, I may I don't think I have to. I think I have enough players, but I I I might sit him. How about yeah, Darius Slayton? This is a kind of an interesting one. I have Darius Slayton. I have John Brown. Where would you go I would there? Start Slayton and McLaurin over him for sure. Yeah. Yep. McLaurin's easy against the Giants. Slayton's obviously against the Redskins, but yeah, I have Emmanuel Sanders too. So, so that's the next guy on the list: Emmanuel yeah. Sanders or John Brown. I would much rather start John Brown. Um, I don't have much interest in starting a 49ers wide receiver. But like, but that's interesting. He could, he I think I pop. would start Sanders on games where he only gets three or four targets, and that's happened. But that's the rule for San Francisco wide receivers. And then once every three weeks. They have a monster game that makes you think, man, why didn't we start the San Francisco 49ers wide receivers? He could, but Sanders could always pop, though. Then, like, I, it's really hard to have a, a great game. It's damn near impossible to have a great game against the Patriots. You I know? agree with that. That's exactly why I would, I would play Sanders. I, I think the, you know, we, we talk about upside, which is way more important than floor. And, <laughs> And I think Sanders actually has decent upside if Ramsey ends up playing on, on Debo Samuel a little or maybe even covering George Kittle a little bit. Uh, I don't think Ramsey is moving on the Rams. Yeah, so they can they can move Sanders to get away from him. And I do think Gilmore is going to be on John Brown. Like, who else would he guard? He's going to be on John Brown the entire game. Yeah. Like, I just think we should, like the Rams have been a bad matchup for wide receivers since um, Jalen Ramsey got there. Mm-hmm. Well, like, yeah, but they haven't been they haven't been like impossible. Last week was an exception because 
Dak Prescott through 23 passes. But um, well, forget it. I don't need to get into the numbers. Let's get to the last two here. A.J. Brown. Three of his last four games, he's over 110 yards with a touchdown. He is unstoppable. I owe him an apology. It's been terrific. But does he get Lattimore'd? Does that scare you, A.J. Brown, this week? Yeah, I've already carved out his Hall of Fame bus, so <laughs> we're good there. But actually, it's very similar to what, what Heath was saying on John Brown, a guy Heath really likes. I obviously am, am extremely fond of A.J. Brown. Uh, I'm concerned. Marshawn Lattimore gave up more than four, 140 yards in coverage back in weeks two and three. Um, and it looked like he maybe wasn't on his A game this year. And we see cornerback play fluctuate a little bit from year to year. He's really come on late. In his past six games combined, he's given up 10 catches and 93 yards in coverage. Not a lot of really good players. I mean, argue that, he, that he's been covering. Arguably, A.J. Brown right now is better than a lot of those guys. He's played the Falcons twice. Julio missed one of those games. He did. He did face Julio a decent amount. Um, in the other game, but he is a very good cornerback and it is a concern for me. I don't think AJ Brown is a must start, but like, like, like he said, I I still have him in some in at least one championship lineup and I'm probably going to start him. I think he's a legitimate number one. I think you have to have top 20 options to, I think he said he has John Brown at 27th. I'd probably put uh, AJ Brown around that range as well. I think you have to have kind of like top 20 or maybe top 25 options to to sit Brown. Ben, what what percentage of the time has A.J. Brown gone into the slot? Like 20? I, I don't think it's very frequently because they have Adam Humphreys. But he hasn't but played the last couple of weeks. Okay. I, I don't He'll know play that. this game. Um, I don't think Marshawn Lattimore followed anyone on Monday night against the Colts. I'm not certain that one month is enough to get you the shadow treatment from Lattimore. So I'm more oh. optimistic about A.J. Brown than Ben is. He and should. I'm starting over everyone we've talked about. He, you have him sixth. He should get the shadow treatment. I mean, you have him sixth at receiver? Yeah. Sixth. Oh, I mean, like that's I. what I love about that is that is the respect that A.J. Brown already should command because he's that good, and, and we should reiterate that he didn't play a ton of snaps early in the season. He's only started playing a full role in the last five games and has been... And- so excited, and also feels a little bit of guilt for ever doubting AJ Brown this week. Who me? No, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm just excited that you have him as a top ten option. I don't see a lot of people giving him that respect yet, and I think that's important. I just pulled it up. He played seven slot snaps last week. It was tied for a season high, so he's not playing a lot in the snap or in the slot. Yeah, I saw Lattimore on Ty Hilton quite a bit last week, but I I can't exactly say he was shadowing him. All right, Heath, yeah, give me give me basketball a few times too, but maybe maybe Lattimore maybe Hilton was out. Yeah, Hilton could have been out on those plays because he only played about half the snaps as Ben mentioned. All right, Heath, give me uh give me fifteen seconds on Adam Thielen. Uh, against the Packers, no. Okay, thank you. You uh, you do not even need to give me fourteen more seconds. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go through some dynasty running backs and wide receivers, and then we will read a bunch of your emails to finish the show. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's talk Dynasty. I wanted a running back whose value is going up and a wide receiver whose value is going up. Ben, give me a running back on the rise. Yeah, I, I chose Austin Eckler here. I think you can get into some trouble going after receiving backs coming off big spike seasons, and he's definitely having a career season this year. He's in range of the all-time running back receiving record, um, at least in, in the modern era. Um, but my excitement about Eckler is that we've seen, uh, number one this year, we've seen him being able to handle a little bit more of a workload in, in an early down role with Gordon holding out. Number two, Gordon is likely to be gone. That he held out, they didn't pay him, they're not going to pay him this offseason. They'd like Justin Jackson, their number three back. There's a definitely a chance that they bring in somebody and Eckler still has to play a receiving role, but there's also uh, some potential this offseason they go forward with Eckler and Justin Jackson as their main two backs and just add like a complimentary third piece. He, I mean, he's somebody that I think is is definitely worth targeting in Dynasty. Okay. And ben, uh, Heath, rather, who's moving up at running back? 
Uh, I went from the start of the season or from the offseason. If you remember back to the offseason, Kareem Hunt was facing an eight-game suspension. We weren't sure if he was ever going to be a lead running back in the NFL again. And he's been absolutely awesome in terms of efficiency since he's come back from the suspension. And he's a free agent at the end of this year. And he's still under 25 years old. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance that Kareem Hunt is the most valuable free agent running back this offseason. Mm-hmm. It's a good call. All right, so looking yeah, at the, the running backs whose value is are going down, David Johnson was Ben's pick. And what an interesting career path he appears to be on right now. I mean, from arguably the best running back in football to perhaps getting released by the Cardinals. I mean, what is going on with David Johnson? So you think his value is going down. How far? Well, it's interesting because I think that gets to a broader point that running back value in, in dynasty leagues, it's very volatile. That when he was arguably the best running back in the league, uh, he, the argument was with Le'Veon Bell, who also his value has, has tanked. Um, the next year it was Todd Gurley, whose value has tanked. I mean, we see this. Saquon Barkley last year is another guy whose value has dropped. Um, we see this with running backs all the time at the top. But David Johnson's been a little bit of a different story. I actually think... Um, He's yeah, he's likely to be gone. And if he land, I actually think his value will rise over the offseason. I think it's going to be at a low in January will rise over the offseason. But I don't know if I'll want him going into next year. I think there's like an opportunity to to trade for him early in the offseason and then trade him again in August. I don't know if I want him going into the off uh, into next year because he is getting up there in age. He's like 27 or 28, even though he's only played four four or five seasons. Um, And I just he looked slow this year. Like he doesn't look. Like he has the same uh, like athleticism and burst that made him a really dominant player. He's still a very good player in the passing game, but I don't know that we'll ever see his ceiling again. And Heath, running back value down in Dynasty. Yeah, David Johnson, just to, for real quick, he was at about 30 spots in my Dynasty rankings ahead of Austin Eckler and Kareem Hunt. When I release my updated Dynasty rankings in January, I anticipate him being behind both Austin Eckler and Kareem Hunt. Um, <laughs> Ben mentioned him. I love him, Bell. You look at it now, he's going to be a 28-year-old running back coming off of a down year that's either going to a new team or playing on a bad offense. I am uh, I'm very concerned about Le'Veon Bell's dynasty value. Should we do wide receivers or should we do emails? Wide receivers. <laughs> but we have to do emails. No, we don't. Yes, you have oh, a we, whole show for emails. We, people don't. People don't need to hear emails right now. We're almost out of time. Dynasty wide receiver. All right, Heath. <laughs> people. V- value going up for Dynasty. We'll do both. Heath, um, th- this is cheating a little bit, but I I said Tyreek Hill. Oh, that is cheating. That's weak. You're gonna bully but me into doing like the most correct answer. Gosh, all these rookie wide receivers. This is so literal about like, yeah, his, his spot, his value probably will rise the most. That's just crazy. Uh, yeah, all right, fine. Tyreek Hill doesn't need explanation. Give me a better one, Ben. Yeah, DJ Moore. I mean, there's a, a lot of young receivers that could that fit here. Cortland Sutton's another guy I considered. Um, but DJ Moore to me is is a top probably at least five potentially top three dynasty wide receiver this off season. I think he like we did a, a mock uh, dynasty draft this off season. I think I took him at 2.12 at the end of the second round and got, got a few comments that was a little high. The reason is, and we've talked about this on, on prior shows, very, very productive in college. And I extend back to look at that age adjusted production and say, okay, a lot of people will say we've only seen it from DJ more for two seasons. I feel like we can make an argument that we've seen it for a lot longer. He's been very good at every level and at young ages. He's still very young. This guy is a near lock to have a very long and productive career. And as young as he is, he should have that type of value. He didn't even like people are worried about quarterback concerns going forward. He didn't have a quarterback for most of this year. He dominated targets. There's a lot of talk in the offseason whether Curtis Samuel was on the same level as him. I think what we saw all year is that he is the number one and and Targets to me are, are a measure of skill. It's much like Michael Thomas. Everyone knows the ball is going to go to Michael Thomas. He still gets open. Same with DJ Moore. People think he's limited because he doesn't do a lot down the field. He has made play, plays down the field. 
DJ Moore is, is a phenomenal receiver. I agree with that. When you said top two or three, you know who I immediately have flashbacks to as I look at my top two or three from last year, Dynasty, and whether he is still a top two or the like. I would have said every word you just said about DJ Moore about Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Well, I don't but know. Was- I still have Juju ranked very highly as well. I think his season was the product of you know losing his quarterback and. They barely threw while he was still healthy, and then Juju got hurt himself. Yeah, Juju, I mean, the Pittsburgh quarterback situation is worse than the Panthers quarterback situation from a fantasy standpoint. In fact, Kyle Allen, in his 12 games, he's on pace for about 4,000 yards. Cam Newton has never, oh, no, his rookie season, his only season with 4,000 yards passing. So I think Cam Newton, if he comes back and he you know goes back to his normal self, which probably won't happen right with all the injuries that actually might hurt dj Moore because he just not just doesn't no. throw the ball much no. there are only two wide receivers in the nfl who have seen at least 10 deep targets and have also seen a catchable deep target rate below 25 percent yeah, those but, two wide receivers are curtis samuel and dj Moore. but cam <laughs> Newton has, but he's has never he's, he's never throwing, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore have taken a lot of balls close to the line of scrimmage and turned them into high passing yardage numbers. But Kyle Allen is bad, and you should feel bad for comparing him to Cam Newton. No, but I'm going to say Cam Newton has never produced an elite fantasy wide receiver. Steve Smith, I have to check where he finished. Maybe Steve Smith. Uh, But this is not, this guy is not good for wide receivers. He doesn't throw touchdown passes, he runs the ball in too many times. He takes touchdown passes away from people. So that's Calvin that's old. Benjamin, that's vintage. Calvin Benjamin had like a lot of yeah, touchdowns. He he was an exception, but for the most part, this Steve is Smith not was pretty good with Cam Newton. Right wasn't he? there, there have been a couple of exceptions, but really for the <laughs> most part, this is not a good offense. A Cam Newton quarterback offense is not a good offense for a wide and, receiver. And I would just say that that was true because for a majority of Cam's career, no one let him throw forty passes per game. Kyle Allen's a definitively worse passer than Cam yes, Newton. Agreed. In the past five games, he's thrown 50, 36, 46, 41, 41, and they liked that so much they benched him. I agree that Cam's better, but he also gets like six rushing touchdowns a year. So that just hurts the wide receivers. All but right. That's, if, if Newton's back, that's going to, I thought Heath was going towards that point as well. A big reason Newton hasn't thrown a ton is because of how much he ran. I don't expect that he will run sure. as much going forward in his career. All right, we do have to. I'm sorry, we have to get to the emails here, guys. Uh, uh, yeah, my, my my loser was was quick. It was Antonio Brown, and Ben's is Brandon Cooks. Emails and tweets. Okay, here we go. Uh, Josh from Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm playing the guy who asked me to join the league. Winning would be awesome. Pick two running backs: Ingram, Mac, and Fournette. Fit Ingram. I'm sitting Mac. Pick two wide receivers, Edelman, Julio, A.J. Brown, and Anthony Miller. Edelman and Julio for me. I don't Julio think and A.J. Brown. I'm terrified of Edelman. Like, after that performance last week and facing the Bills. Edelman's fourth for me. But he's injured. All right, pick no, a f- fourth out of that group. Oh, oh, oh. Pick a flex this, uh, from who's left. Miller. Interesting. You're, you're, I mean, Edelman just one down game. Yeah, but he's hurt. Like, like he's, he's clearly hurt. And, and his actually, his bad game this year without injury was against the Bills. I mean, but this guy saw 10 plus targets in eight straight games before last week. Yeah, I know. He's a, he's a PPR stud. I get it. All right. Uh, let's go to the next one. It's from Eric, PPR League, Cooper Cup, or should I start both Bears wide receivers and bench Cup? Cup and Robinson for me. I'd start both Bears. From Andrew, does uh, does Hunter Renfro's return impact Darren Waller? It's a pretty good question, yes. actually. Yeah. If uh, we get for sure that Renfro is playing, I will downgrade Waller's targets. They have a big difference from when Renfro emerged in the offense and then disappeared again in Waller's volume. Right, but you do have to factor in like first game back from injury. He might you you you're not gonna you project him for what he was getting before, or do you kind of give him like a grace period? Be in the middle. Right. All right. From Jay PPR DJ Moore or Cortland Sutton. Moore, you can't trust Drew Lock. DJ Moore. Well, Sutton's got the Lions. Can you trust Greer? Right. 
I, I'd rather take the unknown. Honestly, I mean, I don't think Locke's been horrible, but they, they're throwing underneath. He hasn't been good down the field. Sutton I like has not- more than more than Locke coming out of college. So I, I do want to trust Will Greer. <laughs> From uh, Henry in the Bronx, Mahomes or Winston? Mahomes. Mahomes. From Jackson, PPR Flex, Mostert, Sutton, or Brashad Perryman? <laughs> I'm going to play Perryman if that's me. Um, I'm actually like sometimes I have to go to the projections and see because I'm not sure. And I think I'm going to go with Perryman as well. Okay. That is a tough one. From Jax. Nope, Mostert. Okay, Mostert. From Jax. In PPR, who gets the start at my wide receiver slash tight end slot? Curtis Samuel, Greg Ward, Jacob Hollister, or Cameron Brait? I go Hollister. Uh, I, I, yeah, Hollister yeah. against Arizona, I, I think, might be the play. Um, as long as Nelson Aguilar is out, I would probably go with Greg Ward. From Joseph, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, DJ Chark. Uh, I think he just needs one P- in PPR. Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, DJ Chark. It's tough. They're all good. Parker. DJ, give me more. Yeah, I think I'm playing more, but it's tough to sit Keenan Allen. It's tough to sit Devontae Parker. It is tough to sit all those guys. Yeah. Wow. It's just don't I guess don't start DJ Chark, apparently. Uh it's this is Jeff in Dallas. Quarter PPR. Pick a wide receiver and a flex. Metcalf, Slayton, McLaurin, Drake, Hyde, Peterson. Tough. Metcalf is, has the Cardinals, Slayton and McLaurin against each other. I think Metcalf's Kenya- out. McLaurin's out. Really? You like Slayton? You like Slayton better than McLaurin? I do. Okay, so Slayton and Drake? Yeah, I think Drake is probably the flex. Okay, this is from Matt Zemer from Wisconsin. Start three wide receivers from this list in PPR. Beckham, Landry, Keenan Allen, Diggs, Perryman, and McLaurin. I think you can sit OBJ. That's a guy that we probably could have talked about as a tough call, but... Um, I think we're at that point. No, it's not I, even I, tough. I, you don't start him against Baltimore in a way. So yeah. fine. Now so you need Keenan three. Allen and Diggs for me. Diggs has always one been really good against the Packers. I one more. Like one more. Landry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Landry against Baltimore over Perryman and McLaurin. All right. Twelve-team yep. PPR league. Sit one. This is from Mike from Princeton. Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Anthony Miller, AJ Brown. Who am I sitting? Thielen, Lockett, Miller, Brown. Dylan. Yeah. Dylan ran routes on seventy-two percent of dropbacks, a lot better than his snap rate last week. They just didn't throw a ton. I I kind of still feel okay with Dylan. I, I do think in this scenario, he's probably the right set. All right, one more here from Jack, dear Jalen, Jason, Marcus, and Kemba. Celtics. Yep. Oh, how did it? Yes, Durr. How did I not? Ugh. Four point per passing touchdown league, full PPR. Carson Wentz. Or Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, I think I'm playing Fitzmagic. Much more likely to catch a pass. <laughs> um, I will go with him. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to Fantasy Football today. Hope this was fun and informative for you. Start or sit for the AFC Home Games tomorrow. For Ben and Heath, I'm Adam. Talk to you then. <laughs>